Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Happy game day, everybody, and welcome into the VFL Players Lounge. Brought to you by the Volunteer Club. It's powered by Spire Sports every single football game day at VolQuest.com. We catch up with two VFLs to look back, talk about the season, the previous game, and, of course, look ahead to what's coming up later today. And today, that is Tennessee and Kentucky. So, really looking forward to it, as always, during the game. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Kaner, uh, at... Uh, of VolQuest underscore on three. And, of course, the Journalist Quarters will have a live in-game thread going on. It's a big one. Uh, Tennessee 7-0, and squaring off against Kentucky 5-2 and in the battle that was formerly known as the Beer Barrel Game. All right, so let's bring on our VFLs today. Uh, both of these guys have joined our, you know, VolQuest network of podcasts here this season so far. So bringing on a former quarterback, Heath Schuler, Heath, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. I know you're really excited for what's to come here later on this afternoon. Oh, absolutely, Eric. Thanks for having me on the show again. Absolutely. And then we're going to bring in Aaron Hayden, who was, I believe, on the Rocky Top Rewind this past week with Brent Hubs. Aaron, thanks so much for uh, your extended time here today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Eric. Looking forward to it. So, obviously, you guys played in some big football games. You guys you know, bleed orange, love the University of Tennessee. Aaron, I know that... You have a son that's doing some big things and have had a couple of boys actually do some big things in college football, but you're still locked in and loaded on Tennessee as well. Uh, a game like today for Kentucky, what's this Kentucky game kind of mean for you guys, Aaron, if you want to lead us off here? Yeah, I think it's uh, us, again, um, reestablishing ourselves as, you know, one of the dominant teams in the East. Um, I think me and he probably have a different uh, <laughs> mindset when we hear Kentucky, um, even though I think they're a lot better probably than they were when we play, but I think it's just another chance for us to show America that, that we're back. We belong and um, continue our dominance over uh, Kentucky. So uh, I, I think there's certain games that you, you feel better about um, even if they're better than they used to be the South Carolinas, the Kentuckys. I think when you're a Tennessee and, and you're, you're in that position, you kind of take those games um, to, to show your dominance and then to get ready for the biggest game of the year, which will be, you know, next week. Heath, what about you? What's Kentucky mean to you, this football game every year? Well, the things that I always remember about Kentucky, thank God we're not playing up in Lexington. For some <laughs> reason, it seemed like it was some of the coldest games ever was playing in Kentucky. And um, so I'm glad we're not having to travel to Kentucky this year. We'll have to do that next year. But, you know, it's, it's obviously it's I think it's the kind of the mentality that the coach and staff and the players are taking. Biggest game of the year, right? You know, this next game is the biggest game, and so the all-focus is on that. You know, it sounds like they're off to a really good start of the week. Um, the practices are going well. Hopefully be able to get a few players. It's been uh, Tillman some other guys back, hopefully this week. Um, and, you know, continue the momentum. I mean, the confidence level for the team is at an all-time high. We just got to be able to maintain that moving forward. It's a big day, obviously, and there's, there's some um... – there's some great storylines you pointed out. He's some players who 
expected to be back, expected to be put back in the fold, see what kind of they, what they look like. I mean, in Cedric Tillman's case, I mean, he's been out six weeks of the day, essentially, was when his injury was. So intrigued to see what he looks like and, and all that. And um, obviously nothing's official, so we'll see. But um, expecting to see some things from him. You know, I want to – we're going to get into this football game and, and kind of go over it. But overall, the season to date, I mean, 7-0. and Tennessee is 3-0 and in SEC play. Obviously coming off a – monster win two weeks ago against Alabama and you know we were talking before Heath and it's it's amazing to me that the Tennessee football team got up and was ready to go and really put it on UT Martin last week because it's it would be okay it would be okay but it would be understandable if you had an Alabama win hangover but it did not it's been a fun season so far Aaron you know what are your thoughts on Tennessee football this year and did you expect it to be as good as it's been to date I mean, I don't think anybody can say they expected it. We were hopeful that um, we would be back. But to officially say that we're competing, you know, for a playoff spot or the SEC championship, I think if we, if we're all being honest that we didn't see that coming. So to me, what I've been most shocked by is their ability to focus in, just like you talked about with UT Martin, with Alabama, with having the the um, the breaks break against us, with laying the ball on the ground, and then we come right back and score, and then Alabama score, and we come right back and score and just they have a chip on their shoulder they play together you can see the camaraderie on the sidelines when people are coming off good or bad when things happen and and that's what i've been really really uh surprised to see to be honest but i think it's been real fortunate this this team is they got a lot of fight i told uh somebody on the radio last week this team is defending the the big orange like we used to do they're not just trying to be good and and hope good things happen we went out there to, you know, to fight and defend that power T, and, and that's what I see this team doing. Yeah, I don't want to make this all about the Alabama game, but, you know, it's, it's the best moment that's happened in Tennessee football in the last 10, 12 years. So, you know, I want to ask the more former balls that I talk to, like you guys, I want to ask, you know, what their opinions on it and everything is. Heath, when you watched Tennessee take down Alabama a couple of weeks ago, kind of, I, what's the joy that was inside you in that moment? What did you think about it? Well, obviously, it was the greatest football game I'd ever experienced. I mean, I played in some great games, but to actually be on the field, be a fan, and and really, you know, what's what's the fans, you know, take down the goalposts and the excitement that we were able to see, you know, and and you know, like Aaron talked about, it's the resilience that these players have when things go wrong. It's just like they, you know, they have a calmness about them. I think that comes from the coaching staff all the way, you know, and you look at uh, in the in the in the huddle and. And to see what uh, Hendon's been able to do this year, he's got a, a sense of calmness about him in the in the in the pocket. He's got the calmness in him on the sidelines. So when things go wrong, if you just kind of take a look at him, he's just ready. He's it's all business. Let's go out and play. And so to me, that's what's been so exciting about this team is to to really watch them perform. You know, week in and week out, and uh, even when things go wrong, they seem to find to be able to put it together as a, as an entire unit and play all three teams, you know, I mean, offense, defense, and special teams. Heath, does that have to do with leadership? And I would imagine it would. I mean, I know you guys, both leaders, when you played in those respective locker rooms, and good teams thrive on good leadership. And there's been some guys who have been on a couple different coaching staffs, uh, been through a lot, and seeing the team grow in this maturity level, I think it all stems, one, from the head coach on down, but also from those Hendon Hookers, from those Latrell Bumpuses, from those Trayvon Flowers who have been here a while. I know Hendon came in, but have been there, done that. And I feel like the leadership in this locker room, Heath, is 
is a big reason why you see this team never fall down. Adversity hits, they come right back, stuff like that. Yeah, I think you look at it is there was over, what, 33, 35 players entered the transfer portal. Um, you know, one of the most in, in the Power 5 schools. And so what was left? It was a new coaching staff that truly wanted to, to be the coaches at the University of Tennessee. You know, there was other coaches that actually turned the job down. You know, but this but once, uh, you know, in the years past, obviously, but, um, you know, looking at, you know, bringing, you know, an, uh, a head coach, it was at UCF, um, uh, Danny White obviously knew extremely well, you know, to put this coaching staff together and that coaches want to be there and those players that were remaining, they bled orange. And so they wanted to make a difference and they did not want their career at the University of Tennessee, you know, to have an asterisk by it about the numbers of coaches that had been there and the problems and issues. But instead, they wanted to start seeing how they could, you know, perform at a very elite level and put themselves in a situation where they can compete for the SEC championship and compete for uh, a national championship. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's quite remarkable how the leadership, and I think it also starts at the very top of the school. I think you got Randy Boyd, they got you got the chancellor, and you got Danny White and the coaching staff. I think that's filtrating not only throughout the athletics, but throughout the entire program, what you're seeing with we really have the right people in place on campus. But still, even with that, it's kind of surprising that – you're already where you are. And I know the finished product's not there. You're 7-0. you got to finish the back half of the regular season. Right. you got a big game coming up today. you got a big game coming up next week. They remember um, what you do in November. Didn't we hear that a thousand times, Aaron? <laughs> yes, don't sir. <laughs> do in November. They, they remember what you do in November. And in the that's SEC, right. each, week, each week is this week. I mean, that's yes. what you sign up for. Each week is this week. And you want to be in those games that matter. I mean, it's been a while since we've been in those, but you want to be in those games that matter and decide things. And that's where they are. They got themselves right in perfect place. I guess as a former Vol, a guy that did a lot of great things here, Hayden or Aaron, I call, I've been calling you Hayden all week. I apologize. Aaron Hayden, obviously. Um, as a former Vol, you feel like you have so much pride in, in what you're seeing out there every single Saturday. And, and of course, you're always prideful every time the, the big orange takes the field, but you know, seeing the brand of football, seeing the way that this team is interacting with the coaching staff, obviously, but with the community and the fans, it just feels different this go around. And and again, I think it's a testament to leadership and coaching. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off what he said. I think for a while now, we've been separated as far as alumni, um, the, the board, the uh, athletic administration, um, the AD, the head coach, and we've all been pulling in different directions. Uh depending on what part of the country you're from. I think you're pulling, you were pulling in a different direction and some people support it, but this is the first time I think that all the wind is, is right behind the sails, uh, so to speak. And it just feels good. Like to be a vile and be able to, you know, I'm going to wrap my Tennessee gear regardless <laughs> if we're uh, 0 and 10 or 7 and 0, but um, to really be able to talk the way that we like to talk as formal vials um, and, and represent our school, has been really, really, really cool. And to see guys like Heath there, and Al Wilson and, you know, Peyton Manning, the, the great players, you know, be back involved and, and you see them on the shows and, and right there rooting the team and in the locker room and things like that. I think it's, it's really, really been a real cherished moment for me, just to be honest. I think we're getting at that age. So I, I just like the fact that we're all growing in the same direction. And then the other thing that I would speak up, speak to that he probably won't take credit for, but I think we've always been good when we've had that guy in the pocket 
that's in that huddle that can do special things. And he was one of them. Peyton Manning was one of them. Um, you know, the Eric Ainge, you know, those guys. And I think Hooker is like that. So I don't under ever undermine or underestimate that that leadership from the QB position because that's he's got to be the captain of the field. Guys got to believe that he's their guy. They got to believe he's willing to, you know, stand in there and do the, do the things that it takes to win games. And and you you kind of want to be wild by that guy. And, and you know, Heath was one of those guys, like I said, and, and Peyton, and we hadn't had those guys, you know, in a while. And that's not a knock on anybody. But I think to have that guy that, that showcases himself, showcases his talent, it has a lot to do with why we're winning. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it certainly, certainly helps when you have a quarterback that can change the game. And, and Tennessee obviously has that with Hendon Hooker. Heath, the stage is yours, man. What, what have you seen from – I know you get asked this every single day and every single week after another game, but what have you seen from Hendon? Because he was good last year, but he's yeah. better this year. What do you like about his game? What's impressed you so far this season from Hendon Hooker? It's really been his maturity, you know, just on the field maturity because, you know, it takes a lot of – it takes a lot of repetitions and confidence in yourself that when you, you're in that pocket and, and he, he's in that pocket – and he is so relaxed. I've never seen a quarterback more relaxed in the pocket. And he just he is waiting for his his uh, guys to uh, to get open, throwing the ball, and he has confidence that they're going to catch the ball. And so, to me, just the work and the amount of effort that he took in the offseason to be able to you know kind of hone in his skill set has been quite remarkable. And in addition to that, has been his leadership. I, I really see the leadership. You know, when you're at practice or you're, you know, you're watching them the game. I mean, he's not necessarily he's not a rah-rah quarterback. You know, he's not the guy that's running around, you know, getting people. But I think it's that, you know, people look at him because of the way he plays on the field and the confidence that he presents to himself. It carries over to his teammates. And that's a true sign of leadership. And so I've been I've been really blown away with his performances. I remember when Josh Heupel got hired and one of the first things he said about the quarterback position one of the first things Joey Halsey said, quarterback's coach said about the quarterback position in this offense, you need to make the throws. It's great if you can extend plays with your legs. You don't have to be dual threat. But the most important thing is you've got to be able to have the ability to process information at a fast clip. Going up there, checking at the line. I mean, uh, Hendon and, and, and Jalen Hyatt, a couple of their touchdown throws and catches this year have come off choice routes or, or check, checks at the line of scrimmage. I feel like Hendon Hooker Heath has been able to not only do everything athletically, but he's smart enough to process all this stuff. And it's just, it's the perfect system for him with the perfect coach. And it's just clicked so far. Well, it's really, you know, it is football, but uh, I think the best way to explain their offense is really a fast break basketball. It's like yeah. Aaron Hayden when we, <laughs> when, when he played for the Lakers, you know, uh, <laughs> on campus, you know, Aaron, Aaron, Probably won't tell. He was an incredible basketball player. We had some really good basketball, and it's like the point guard. And so, you know, Hendon Hooker's like Aaron was dribbling the ball down the court and making those fast plays. And that's the way this offense is designed. That uh, you know, players, wide receivers are are taught to get to the open space, the open grass, and find that you know a, a hole where the quarterback can see you, get your numbers to him, and make the throw. And, and it's it is a fast break. And so, you know, there's. There is a thought process, obviously, to it. But once you're on the same page with your players and you're able to, you know, uh, to, to really understand the offense, it starts clicking exactly the way it is. And, you know, one th other thing I will say is, you know, people don't give them enough credit. We want to talk about the throwing. 
we're a balanced offense. We oh, yeah. throw the ball and run the ball, and I think they complement one another. And, you know, when, when Aaron and I played, you know, our offense up until this last year, Aaron, you know, they broke our record for, you know, total offense, and they'll probably break their record again for total offense. But but we were a balanced offense. If you look at our – at the end of every game, we'd have 250 yards rushing, we'd have 250 yards passing. And yep. so, you know, having that balance really keeps the a defense – off balance and to be able to, you know, kind of, you know, take what they give you. And with having a a good offensive line, because this offensive line has been spectacular this year, they're able to run block and they're able to pass block exceptionally well. Thus the reason for the success of the offense. Yeah. Glenn Ellerby offensive line coach coined it last week on ball calls. It's a, it's like a Friday or a Saturday night live skit each and every day in that uh, in that meeting room because this offensive line filled with so many different personalities. And you're right; I mean, they they have been spectacular all season long. But the the ability to run the football, Josh Heupel said that from day one that in order to get to where they want to be, they have to be balanced. They have to have a running threat. And I think Jabari Small and and Jalen Ryder done a really nice job with that. But also, Aaron, it helps when you're throwing to uh, to guys like this right here. I mean, Jalen Hyatt. What type of rhythm is this young man in so far right now? He went from five touchdowns to ten touchdowns. Now he's got twelve. He he is on something right now. Yeah, I, I I'm so impressed by the kid, and I'm telling you, he, he's super competitive too. And when you have speed, we know this speed kills. But when you're when you have speed, and then you have those guys that are tall, and you're a tall quarterback, I, it makes the game a lot easier uh, getting vertical. And the, the thing I've loved about this offense is they keep their foot on the gas. They like do. every time yeah. we see, I hadn't seen anybody since Hugh Freeze that's really challenged Alabama and not tried to lose, not try to lose the game. Like True. we kept trying to win the game. We wasn't trying to, hey, I, 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 let's see if we can hold on. We got a lead. He kept his foot on the gas. Uh, the receivers kept their foot on the gas, and like, like he, he said, they take what's there. And if you give, if you give it to them, if you spread out, you get in the cover two, you put the safeties on the island, we're coming at you. And yep. if you back out of there and try to play cover four, we're going to run it down your throat. So, yeah. like, like I love the fact that we're, we're setting the pace. And that hadn't happened in the SEC in a long time since – I mean, it's been a while. I mean, we did it when we were there. You didn't dictate to us. We dictated to you. But that's what I like that I've seen out of Tennessee's offense is there's no let's control this thing. No, it's like whatever's there, we're taking it, and it's your job to stop us. And I keep telling people, if you can't score 40 points, you're not beating Tennessee. That's true. That is so true. I mean, Aaron, you said it right. I mean, just to be able to to what the explosiveness that they have is just been quite remarkable this year. I mean, I, I I love watching the game. I mean, it's you can truly sit back and as a fan and just sit back and say, wow, look what they're doing on this field. You know, yep. Unreal. Yeah, and, and what I love too is uh, it's kind of a sidebar, but you know, when you when you got Jabari Small or Jalen Ryder, whoever running the football. And they pick up a couple yards, and then it's, it's kind of like that stalemate or whatever. And then you see the offensive lineman pushing that pile. It, it's just like a complete yeah. buy-in. It's a, it's a want to. It's a hunger. And again, that's not something you've seen from some Tennessee teams in the last 10 or so years, but you're seeing it from this team. Um, I want to look at it to Kentucky. Eric, Here, go ahead. One second. The Alabama game, first quarter, when uh, Jamari Spall was, uh, I guess, you know, he had made kind of a – uh, you got two yards or three yards, and he kept kind of giving it that effort. And then you watch that offensive line absolutely just run right over top of the defensive line of Alabama. 
that set the tone for the rest of that game for our offensive linemen. That set the tone. And it's sometimes it's not the touchdown or it's not. Sometimes it's those small plays. And Aaron will tell you, when you look in that huddle and you can see the eyes of, well, they don't huddle a whole lot, (laughs) if ever. (laughs) Um, But when you are able to see the offensive line and they've got that look in their eye, Aaron knows this. You can run for 100, 200 yep. yards that game because of what <laughs> they bring to the table. And they did it, yep. and they set the precedent on that play. There's a uh, – I, I yep. don't have the clip here. I mean, they kept they kept a great – they kept a great offensive line – I mean, defensive line, probably the best in the country. And I yes. don't know that they ever really got to Hooker. I mean, no. and we know one of them is going to be a, a top three pick in the NFL, and, and they handled them very well. They're playing at a – he makes a good point. They're playing at a very high level on that offensive line and defensive line, in my opinion, way over any anything that anybody would have foreseen before the season. Yeah, and I have a clip. I don't have it in here in the studio right now, but I do have a clip. I think it was the um, I think it was the Ball State game, the opening night, and it's Jabari Small running, and it's right there in that south end zone. They're scoring a touchdown, and you see the entire offensive line pushing, and then you see Javante Spragans pretty much pick him up and throw him into the end zone, which – that's probably a penalty, but hey, it, it looked awesome. It, it just kind of sets the tone. And as a running back, it, as a lineman, I mean, that's just as a football fan, that just got to get you going. So j- just uh, just another example. Um, I want to look ahead to Kentucky here in a moment, but before we get into Kentucky, I do want to ask you both, and I, I think Brent has asked you both separately when y'all have joined us before. Um, Heath, we'll start with you. Um, you have a son, Navy, who's on this on this team. Um, how cool is it to play dad? And obviously, go. Cheer for your alma mater. Cheer for you know your, your your Tennessee Vols. But seeing Navy interacting with his teammates, this coaching staff, how is it being dad so far this year? Well, I, I, I it's really even hard to describe because you know it's a dream come true for him to be able to you know put the orange on, wear the twenty one. Um, you know, Aaron was the first guy that says, "What are you? Are you like a linebacker? Or are you running back?" <laughs> Aaron was the first person that says, well, "Who is this dude wearing 21?" So, uh, but you know, you know, he didn't have no choice. Hype actually threw in the jersey and said, "This is your jersey. You're wearing it." So, but I think that's the one he wanted to wear. But I think at the, at the very end of the day, I look at it like it's a it's it's a dream come true. I mean, to be able to watch him and he run, you know, running out on the field for the very first time, getting a getting an opportunity to take some snaps in the game. So it's been really awesome. And just, you know, it's it it's one thing to be coached, but it's other another thing to be able to Joey, what he brings to, you know, to that quarterback room. You know, I love the fact that he is being mentored and coached by incredible men. And uh when football's all said and done, you're really going to go back to a lot of the times that you have in those meeting rooms and the quality of coaches that you had around you and what kind of mentor were they. And I, he couldn't be at a better place getting the best mentoring in America right now. Yeah. And Aaron, for you, obviously, Chase, your your older son's had, uh, you know, played in big time football games before in the SEC and around around the country, but now you're, you're, you're youngest, or I believe you're youngest. Anyway, Dallin is at Ohio state, a true freshman there. How has that experience been watching him play on Saturdays and just kind of soaking all that in? You know, you know, it's been, it's been really cool. Uh, I've gotten to learn the big 10 cause Chase is at Illinois and Dallin is at Ohio state. And he's actually my middle son. I actually got one more that's actually a QB. So we'll see how that works out, but he's a, he's okay. a 12 year old QB, but uh, yeah, the experience with Dallin, Dallin's a lot like me, to be honest, Eric, so um, personality is the same. So to be able to just talk to him and see what he's going through 
and uh, they're in the national championship races too. Too, he's getting a chance to play as a true freshman like me and Heath did. And so, uh, you know, I'm just talking through a lot of things, and it's really fun to be there. Um, I would, I would see what Heath would have to say to this. Sometimes it's it's challenging because you know what's happening. You know when they say this, you know yeah. when a coach says this, this is what's going to happen. You know he needs to wait his time. You knew, you know, there's some freshman things that that um, you know, they don't take as serious like tracks and ball security and technique on blocking. They just want to make make runs, and I can hear the coach, you know, correcting him on that. And then I have to I have to correct him on listening to the coach. So you know, when you yeah. have success early, you just think I'm just going to use talent. And so yeah. just to watch his growth has been really really cool, and um, to be part of that. But it's also been fun for me to have Tennessee. Hopefully they're on the crash, you know, a collision course to where maybe they can play each other. And because, uh, you know, I rep, I'm, I'm, I bleed orange. So if they if they play each other in the playoffs, I'll be cheering for number five, but I'll be wearing uh, orange and uh, rooting for the Vials. Well, see, I feel like <laughs> so that'd be your worst nightmare, right? <laughs> no, it, it'll be cheaper on me because I plan on going to both games. So that'll, <laughs> that'll be one one thing. I'm, I'm already frugal, so it's cheaper for me. And then we have so much fun talking trash about uh, our program. Yeah, no one knows anything about – let me tell you what, that group, you're talking about the offensive line uh, meeting room. I, you can, I can only tell you the amount of stories that come out of that running back room. <laughs> Aaron and Little Man and Charlie. <laughs> Moles, Moles Phillips. Oh, man. Yeah. It was actually, I, I mean, I'm telling you. And, you know, Aaron got to play a lot as a freshman and, you know, was our starting tailback in little man. And it could not have been a, you know, to be able to watch him mature over those years and how he become a much better running back after, you know, from his freshman year as a great running back and just to be able to watch his career. I mean, in the leadership role that he took early on, you know, especially with our freshman class, because we had a really special freshman class. Yep. I mean, it, you know, we were from all over the country. Um and, you know, we had two great running backs that come in that class with Little Man and Aaron and could not be not necessarily opposites in, 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 in who they are, but truly they were opposites in personality, which was, which was really unique and to be able to watch them. And that offensive line, I can't say enough about them. I mean, no, Aaron and I kind of share that love for those guys because we would not be where we are today, you no. know, in, in the times that we had at Tennessee if it wasn't for those guys. A little crazy, I might add, but they actually <laughs> got the job done. And Aaron was just always incredible to be able to watch him and, you know, I become a big Aaron Hayden fan when uh, I was sitting, standing on the sidelines, uh, watching him run all over uh, Notre Dame and South Bend. I bet, yeah. yeah, I, I bet you picked up a lot of fans that day for sure. On that note, though, uh, Aaron, you were in a room with four NFL running backs. Is that correct? Yes, I, I was. Um, and, that that, and that wouldn't happen in today's college football. What a unique experience! Well, I think the transfer portal would have probably blew that up to be honest, but yeah. I think the way that it happened, me and Little Man came in, played early. Charlie came in, took the job, and took it to a whole nother level, and we had to respond. And then you enter Jay Graham into there. So um, he will tell you, like, we were competitive, but we were almost, like, too proud to leave. So I don't oh, know yeah. if anybody would have left and anybody would have gave because we all felt like we could kind of beat each other out. And so yeah. the, the smart thing that Coach Cutcliffe did, and I will give him credit for this, he came in and he said, hey, we're going to rotate every eight plays. And whoever stays hot, you're the guy. And, I mean, that's all you can ask for is a chance. So, you know, there were some games that 
that you got four carries and then there were some games you got 20 some carries and and so what that set up is when Charlie left because he was a year older you know it was back to me and little man and we just kind of took that same approach didn't care who started and um I mean if you look at the yardage I mean it was probably about the same until I got hurt but you know we pretty much rotated every series right and it just made us better we were the best of friends we're still the best of friends uh still tight with Charlie Jay is like my little brother so I'm uh always talking to him talked to him yesterday but it just made us better man and and we yeah. stayed in contact in in the NFL and me and Charlie played together you know with the Eagles and at one point we were all starting in the NFL four guys in the same room now <laughs> I'll leave it at that because we all owe Randy Sanders an apology for probably people, <laughs> no doubt. people we were no at doubt. that time but we <laughs> We, 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 we were not the best examples of, uh, of student athletes for him to coach at the time. <laughs> Randy was so young. I think that was the problem, right? At yeah. That time, was so young. I think, Heath, I, think we, I think we coached, I think we coached each other. Heath. I yeah. think that was, that was really what, what went down in that room. Uh, what awesome a, what stuff. A Obviously time. having a whole lot of fun here with Aaron Hayden and Heath Schuler. We're going to come back get a quick break here from our proud sponsor, uh, of the VFL Players Lounge, that's the Volunteer Club powered by Spire Sports. And when we come back, we'll talk Kentucky score predictions and bowl predictions right here on the VFL Players Lounge. The game has changed and Spire Sports is here. With name, image, and likeness arriving, your orange fandom can now be put into action. Visit thevolunteerclub.com and become a member. 90% of every dollar generated through the Volunteer Club powered by Spire will go directly to athletes to improve the student-athlete experience at Tennessee. It's not just about winning the next game. It's about next season. It's about the next generation. It's about the Tennessee legacy. Join at thevolunteerclub.com. That's thevolunteerclub.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll go back into the VFL Players Lounge. Again, that was a spot from the Volunteer Club powered by Spire Sports. Couldn't do this without them. So thank you so much uh, to the Volunteer Club here with Aaron Hayden and Heath Schuler on the VFL Players Lounge. Now we go into Kentucky. Big time football game. This Kentucky program, I know a lot of Tennessee fans don't like hearing this, but it's the truth. It is a different Kentucky football program than that of when I was a child, than that of you know, your, your, your grandfather's Kentucky or whatever you want to call it. It's really solid. And um, it's built a lot of scrimmage, solid defense. It's got a specific type of play that is very much opposite of what Tennessee is. In fact, Tennessee is one of the fastest teams in college football at like 2.88 plays per minute or whatever. Kentucky is the slowest team in FBS football in terms of tempo. So um, fewer possessions likely 
Aaron, what's the challenge for this top of Kentucky team defensively? Pretty stout. Top 15 in the country. Top 10 scoring, I believe. What's the challenges in facing a, a Mark Stoops defense for this Tennessee offense? I think they play multiple defenses. Uh, they have the big long cornerbacks, long safeties, which you're going to need to stop uh, our offense. I think the number one key is we can't fall behind because with our offense, we can't allow them to dictate time of possession, running the ball, you know, getting physical, converting fourth and ones, and uh, making the game a shorter game. I think we need to make them – we need to get out early, put up points, and once again, I go to that, you got to score 40 points to beat Tennessee. So I just think we got to get out early and uh, put, you know, 14-0, 10-0, so that they have to play our tempo and not theirs. It's what happened last year. I mean, they, they threw – they literally, Kentucky said, game plan out the window – and you had Will Levis that threw it 30 times before halftime, which was just shocking to me. This was last year. Now, again, I don't think they want to do that. They want to rely, Aaron, on Chris Rodriguez Jr. Missed yes. four games with the suspension to begin the season since coming back. 72 yards, 70 or 129 yards, 197 yards. He is a good running back. What about his game is going to be a challenge for Tennessee's defense? Yeah, I think I think he's a he's a guy like back in our throwback days. I think he's a 25 carry, six yards per carry guy you know, break multiple tackles, get a lot of yak, and and then get to the fourth quarter and nobody wants to hit them. And so we can't allow that. We can't allow that to happen because then we start playing from behind and um, we'll allow them to stop us from, from playing fast. We need our offense out there. Like most people want their defenses out there. We need our offense out there. Uh, just continue to put the pace, push the pace, and put pressure on, on defenses. So we cannot allow this to turn into a, a ground and pound, you know, 1990s type uh, football game. Heath, when you look at the other sideline, obviously Tennessee's got a quarterback that you have a lot of confidence in, and Hendon Hooker. Will Levis got a whole lot of offseason hype, and I mean, he's solid. He's, he's built to be an NFL quarterback. I mean, I think that's kind of obvious. Been a bit banged up. He missed the South Carolina loss for Kentucky. He was out with injury. Uh, but it's a quarterback that can do a lot of different things. What do you see in the game of Will Levis that could be challenging for Tennessee's defense? Well, he runs the ball. He's, you know, very competitive. Um, you know, throws the ball extremely well. He's a big physical guy, you know, but when I did see a little chink in the armor there, I, I, I can't remember exactly which game it was, but I saw, you know, kind of emotionally how he got so emotional about the game and that I, I really felt like his, you know, his ability and the thinking and the process, you know, kind of tapered down during that. And I can't remember it was early on in the season when I was watching him that uh, um, I, I just really felt like I, I kind of looked at that. And I said, that's how you make a difference with that quarterback is really get after him, you know, and if our defensive front gets after him and, and, and the key to it is, is we need some takeaways on defense. Like Aaron says, we need our offense on the field. The worst thing that we can do is them sustain 12 play, 14, 15 play drops. Our guys are on the field. It makes it very, very challenging for us. Our best, we're our best when we're putting their defense on the field and we're keeping them on the field as much as we possibly can, even if it's, you know, six or seven plays sometimes. You know, it's it's sometimes very challenged mentally as much as it is physically playing against our offense. I think there's opportunity there as well. Um, Kentucky lost three starters on the offensive line from a year ago. A couple of those guys are in the NFL now. A really good offensive line play last year. This year, they've given up 26 sacks already. I think that kind of plays into what you were just saying. Tennessee's best defense is when it's playing aggressive. You can't do it the entire time because you can't afford to have your guys running in man coverage the entire game, but you're going to be taking chances. Tennessee takes more chances in terms of blitzing. 
any other team in the SEC. Heath, do you think there's opportunity there for the defense to get home with the struggles of the Kentucky offensive line so far this season? Well, I, th- I think the, the important thing is is keeping them off balance. You know, yeah. a very similar game plan that we had against Alabama. Who would have ever thought we had to run as much man coverage against them and, and put pressure on the quarterback? But we did. I mean, you know, I do not think that Levis is near the quarterback that uh, Bryce <laughs> Young is. I mean, I don't think they're in the same category. Um you know, I, I, I just don't see that. And, you know, as much as uh, Bryce got hit, he, he found himself, he picked himself back up and was still slinging the football. I just don't think that you're going to see that same thing with uh, Will Levis and, and his ability. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy, but they're just something that I saw in, in, in one of the games prior to that. You get after him, he gets so emotionally that he just doesn't think straight. Aaron, Kentucky had the off week, the bye week, last week so two weeks essentially to prepare for Tennessee and this tempo um Tennessee played UT Martin I know it's not the same thing but it's, it's it's almost like a level playing field except Tennessee went out there and got some game reps how much of a difference if any um with it with the exception of just getting healthier I guess do you think Kentucky benefits from having the off week last week heading into this game I think I think the only benefit is is if you're going to come out there and try a scheme that you hadn't that Tennessee hadn't seen and hadn't prepared for. I think actually playing a game and having a a, a, a easier opponent, opponent because you actually got reps and got people off the field healthy, I think Tennessee actually has the advantage. Here's the other advantage that I don't think anybody's discussing at this point. Coming in Neyland with the way that that place is rocking right now like it used to, <laughs> that is worth 14 points by yeah. itself. Heath will tell you that. It's worth it because they're going to jump off sides. They're going to feel bad with each other. The quarterback already is emotional. They'll start arguing with one another because of our crowd and the intensity that when the team starts doing great things and the intensity that you feel in there. So that's the other part is I love that we have these games at home, um, these big games at home, because I really believe you start off 14 up, uh, 14-0 just by the crowd. And I'm, I'm not being facetious. I, I, I would ask Heath what he thinks about that because it's an advantage, man. Well, look at the, you know, they talked about the number of penalties that uh, Alabama had 17 in the, in the, in the game, but of those 17 penalties, um, almost half of those were, uh, were because of the crowd noise, delays of game, you know, uh, movement on the offensive line. And the other thing that, you know, goes unnoticed is the bust or the ability to communicate at that offensive line, the things that you don't see from a, a yellow flag laying on the field. Those are the things that that so if there was that many uh, bust in movement, then I think you're going to have equal that amount of bust in the offensive line. Oh, I thought he called. The, I, I didn't know he called it off. I didn't know he changed protections. Um, it's going to be a it's a difficult and challenging place to play. And it's it's you know, we're kind of getting, you know, back to way Aaron said back to the way it used to be especially that uh, south end zone. Those guys down there in the south end zone are just no. crazy. I mean, with body there and the people yelling and screaming, I mean, that is, well, that is not fun for an opposing team to play. I was in the south end zone when the kick went through for McGrath in Alabama. Oh. And, I mean, you had to sprint to, to, to midfield because you were going to get trampled <laughs> because they were storming the field, which is pretty neat. Uh, guys, we're, we're about to end this thing, but uh, something I, I do every single week, and I, I always love the unique perspectives from former Tennessee football players. So I'm going to ask you guys, score and bold prediction for what's coming up today. So score prediction, self-explanatory. What do you think You know the score is going to be today? 
but also bowl prediction. It can be, you know, Hendon throws for five touchdowns. It can be a defensive score, whatever, whatever you think it might be. Heath, if you want to start us off, what's your score and your bold prediction for Tennessee, Kentucky today? You know, I, th- I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's always challenging to kind of figure out, you know, what's going to happen to a, a score, you know, as far as the number, I don't know what the number would be, but, you know, I think, you know, Tennessee, you know, by, you know, by 13, 14 points, I think would be a very solid victory, you know, and, you know, get us ready for the, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. I, I would take that, you know, Hey, I'll take a one point victory, yeah. you know, at this point in time, but, you know, I really feel that, you know, we should be 14 points ahead of these guys. Uh, certainly if we start fast and, and we get a, a, a turnover or two would be helpful. What about uh, a bowl prediction? You got one? Like a bowl prediction? Another word, like, like a like an exaggerated, like something that could happen. Maybe a special teams touchdown. Maybe just something that might happen in the football game. That's kind of a a, a hot take, a bold take. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I'm looking for a, a pick six early. You know, I want to see a pick six early. I, that's you know, or I score. I mean, that's truly what I'd like to see. I mean, I, I you know, I think our defense are really going to get after these guys. Awesome stuff. All right. Hey, Aaron, you're up for, or you're up next. Score prediction, bowl prediction for Tennessee and Kentucky today. I'm going to stick with my theme. You got to score 40 to beat Tennessee. So I'll say 42 28. And I'm, my bowl prediction is Jalen Hyatt has four or more touchdowns again. Ooh. I just don't, I don't think people, I don't think people are respecting the young man. I mean, Chad Ochocinco is, is on the bandwagon. Everybody's on the bandwagon, but nobody's talking about him for the Belichnikov. So I just don't think people are respecting him because they think it's all like seam routes and posts. But the dude has elite speed. So I'm going to go. That's my bold prediction is they keep sleeping on him, and, and he, he scores four more again this week. If he scores it. one more, he ties Marcus Nash for the single-season touchdown record receiving, which is incredible to begin with. You get four more, you got to – Got a comfortable lead there with about six more games left in the regular season. So yeah, that's no, scary. We'll with, the receiver, with the receivers that have played in that stadium, that is remarkable. No yeah. doubt. Because we yeah. used to be called wide receiver you. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. Awesome yep. stuff, guys. I, w- I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the VFL Players Lounge. Uh, fantastic. The door is always open. Enjoy today, and uh, thanks so much for your analysis. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks Good to see you, Yes, Class sir, of 91. <laughs> All right. That's Aaron Hayden and Heath Schuler right here on the VFL Players Lounge. Brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. As always, thank them. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in and hanging out with us here today. It's Tennessee and Kentucky coming up later tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN. You can always follow us in-game live coverage with the with the game thread on the General's Quarters on Twitter at Volk. Quest underscore three on three. And of course, my handle is Eric Kane. That's at Kaner uh, at underscore Kaner. And you can find us on Twitter, the General's Quarters, and all that type of stuff. Guys, thank you so much. If you're watching on YouTube, please pound that like button, get it to 500 likes, and subscribe to the YouTube page as well. $1 for one year. If you haven't already, sign up. There's no greater deal in the history and it won't last long. So $1 for one year for the VFL or for BallQuest.com over on our new home at the On3 Network. Guys, thank you so much, and enjoy game day. This has been the BFL Players Lounge.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.